Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we interview leaders in the sports event industry. This is Jason Gewurz, editor and publisher of Sports Travel, and our guest on this episode is the legendary Jimmy Johnson, the coach who won two Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys, a national championship with the University of Miami, and who this summer will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You may not know this, but he's also the organizer of some of the largest professional fishing tournaments in the world. It's a great conversation with someone who while you may be familiar with for his weekly appearances during the season on Fox NFL Sunday, is still full of surprises. But before we begin, this episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Atlantic City Sports Commission, which is thrilled to welcome the Teams 21 Conference and Expo to the Atlantic City Convention Center September 27th through the 30th. The Atlantic City Convention Center is proud to feature nearly 100,000 square feet of modular, state-of-the-art sport court flooring for basketball, volleyball, or futsal courts. Atlantic City welcomes all events, not only with its large indoor facilities, but its wide-open outdoor space, including five miles of free beaches, its expansive boardwalk, and Bader Field, covering an area of 142 acres. When you bring your event to Atlantic City, you'll experience world-class accommodations, critically acclaimed dining, tax-free shopping, exciting entertainment, great sports, spectacular attractions, the world-famous boardwalk, and beautiful, pristine beaches. For more information, visit AtlanticCitySports.org. And now, on to the conversation. Jimmy Johnson has been around success his entire life. As a football player at the University of Arkansas, his team won a national championship. He would later win a championship as a coach at the University of Miami after coaching roles at more than a dozen different schools. But his success continued to the professional levels as well. Hired by the Dallas Cowboys in 1989, he would earn victories in Super Bowl 27 and Super Bowl 28 with a team that included Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and Michael Irvin. He coached for five years in Dallas before before joining the Miami Dolphins from 1996 to 1999. And it was during that time in Miami that Johnson also began a side career organizing professional fishing tournaments. As you'll hear, fishing has been part of Johnson's life since he grew up in Port Arthur, Texas. His JJ Fish Week events in Florida offer the largest purses in the sport. In fact, over nine years, he's given out $8 million in prize money, as well as championship rings to the winners. From July 12th to the 19th, his tournament will venture outside of Florida for the first time with an event in Atlantic City, New Jersey. In fact, it will be a busy summer for Johnson, who last year learned that he would be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame during a memorable live moment on Fox NFL Sunday. The ceremony for that event was postponed until this summer, meaning Johnson will finally receive his gold jacket in Canton along with the rest of the class of 2020 and 2021. In this conversation, we talked to Johnson about his background in both fishing and football, what he makes of the current state of the NFL and college football, and what it's really like on the set of Fox NFL Sunday, where he holds court every football weekend with Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, and Michael Strahan. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Jimmy Johnson, welcome to the Sports Travel Podcast. Well, it's uh, good to be with you. Yeah. Talking about fishing, football, and Atlantic City. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to all of those things. Obviously, I want to talk football with you since most of our audience is familiar, of course, with your success on and off the football field. But I don't know how many people in our audience are familiar with just how deep an involvement you have in the world of fishing. So let's let's start on the water, and then we'll we'll bring it back to the field a little later on. So uh, you are involved in organizing some fairly significant and large fishing tournaments. But before we even get to that, Jimmy, where does this interest come from? What's your background in fishing to begin with? 
Well, I grew up in Port Arthur, Texas, right on the Gulf Coast. And uh, my dad used to take us fishing in this little old 15 foot uh, wooden boat. <laughs> and, and back in the bayous, you know, there around uh, Port Arthur, Dame, Texas, close to Louisiana. And so, it, you know, I did that. And then also, we would go out to Galveston, Texas. Uh, which was kind of a getaway for everybody living in Port Arthur. And we'd pull a 300-foot seine, pull that net all the way and, you know, pull in all kinds of stuff, speckled trout, crabs, shrimp, you name it. And uh, now they've outlawed it now, but that was many years ago. Uh, but so I've always been on the water. I've always enjoyed fishing and, and the activities around the water. And then uh, when I went to the University of Miami, I got certified scuba diving, and so I started scuba diving. You know, I'd do some lobstering, uh, et cetera, you know, right here in the Keys. And and then uh, I got to where I was hooked on fishing, and especially since uh, when I retired from, when I left the Cowboys, I started fishing a lot because I was living down here. I had a lot of time on my hands. I was still doing Fox NFL Sunday. But the way it is now, I, I get to go out fishing uh, once or twice a week. I live right here on the ocean. And so I really enjoy it getting out on the water. Yeah. University of Miami was a fortuitous spot on your career if, if you're into fishing. Yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, my time with Miami. Of course, you know, we were independent back then and played a national schedule. So every other week we we're on national television. Fortunately, we won most of those games. I only lost two regular season games in four years. Yeah, you had an exceptional run there, that's for sure. It was a shock when I went to the Cowboys and I saw how far down the talent was and went 1-15 my first year. Uh, but we turned it around. But the other thing is I, I got uh, involved with this fishing tournament. Todd Roy, who's done a great job of running the tournament, it started off a little bit slow, and then it is built into the biggest tournament you know in the entire country. But in nine years in the tournament, we have given out over $8 million in prize money. Yeah, that's amazing. The tournament we're going to have in Atlantic City is going to guarantee $1 million purse. And you know what? With, with all this money involved, and plus, you know, everybody involved in the tournament has this gifting experience. And so they walk away with a wagon full of swag, uh, which <laughs> they enjoy that. But the thing that they all like every year, the winner of the tournament they get championship rings, you know, kind of tying into the Super Bowl rings. And, you know, those hey, those fishermen, you know, maybe because they got a lot of money because they got big boats, but the thing they want to win is that ring. Well, why not? Everyone's looking for the ring. Jimmy, talk to me about the events. You've got a tournament of champions, something you call the quest for the ring. So how many different events do you have now in the series? Well, you're talking about there in Atlantic City, you know, the Golden Nugget, you know, will have a kind of a hospitality experience called A Taste of Atlantic City. So that'll be going on all week long. And then there's a bunch of activities for the families while their you know, partner is out fishing. And then you have the gifting experience. Uh, and then we're going to have the closing awards at the Hard Rock uh, Hotel and Casino there in Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. So you know, there's events going on all the way from the 12th through the 17th of July. Nice. And so your, your events uh, have been in Florida for the most part up until this point. So what's happening here? Are you looking to expand into other destinations? I'm not 100% sure how it came about, but Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, you know, they were very, very involved in, and, and they have 
been a, a big part of us expanding the tournament. So they have had so much success and they liked it so well. They said, hey, let's move this thing to Atlantic City. And then the Atlantic City Sports Commission got involved and they said, this would be great, you know, to bring in people to Atlantic City uh, because it is a very popular event. You know, we, we've had uh, celebrities, we've had football stars. We have uh, Michael Jordan's fishing it the last three years. I mean, so... You know, we've had, you know, all kinds of celebrities fishing in this tournament, and a lot of people want to be involved in that type of tournament. Plus, you know, when you're having about a million dollars in prize money, they kind of like that, too. Yeah, they find uh, you, right? It's very competitive. You know, we, uh, we had oh, like 80 or 90 boats last year, you know, because even with COVID, you know, it was crazy. But I think we had about 110 boats, uh, you know, year before last. Yeah. So it's an extremely popular event. You know, everybody loves it. And the experience, you know, with the, the different hotels and casinos, they put on a spread for these fishermen and their families. I mean, it's it's not little a rubber chicken dinner, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> they really put on a spread. So everybody that's involved in it, you know, once they experience it, they said, you know, the word spreads. And everybody said, hey, if you want to be in a tournament, you go to, you know, JJ Fish Week, either, you know, uh, here in Florida or JJ Fish Week, Atlantic City. Have you ever been fishing that far northeast? You know, I went fishing for tuna one time. Where were we? We were out of Virginia uh, and uh, caught a nice wahoo and some dolphin, but uh, that particular trip, I didn't catch a tuna. And I'm real good friends with TJ Ott, you know, who's on Wicked Tuna, and I've fished with him a few times, and I know that he has. He goes up there fishing for tuna a lot, those big blue fins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I've been I've been fishing there a time or two, but I know it'll be a great experience here in July. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, you mentioned earlier kind of your start in Florida with these events. How, how did that come about? I mean, were you looking to organize an event? Did, did uh, they come to you? Did you have a partnership with someone else? We actually had a, a, a very small tournament right here in the Keys. Uh, there at my restaurant, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. And it started there. And then Todd Roy came in and, and he ran it a year or two there here in the Keys. And then, then Seminole Hard Rock uh, Hotel and Casino, they got involved. And they said, hey, you know, we want to have the event, you know, really most of the events up in Miami uh, at, at the Hard Rock. And then after that, we expanded it. We said, OK, the, the boats can fish out of Palm Beach. They can fish out of Fort Lauderdale. They can fish out of Ocean Reef. They can fish out of the Keys. And so we had about four or five different marinas where the boats could fish out of. So that expanded the tournament and everybody loved it. Now the events, like the dinners and the parties, you know, they're at the same place. You know, they're, they're going to be there at the Hard Rock. But, you know, the different marinas hosted, you know, the events during the week and everybody enjoyed that. That way they didn't have to make a trip, you know, to go anywhere. They'd dock their boat and have them a few uh, toddies and have some hors d'oeuvres and, and party right there at the marina. Right. And then when they wanted to get their big paycheck, you know, they would go to the hard rock. <laughs> so Jimmy, what was your experience? I mean, obviously you were on the football side, you were, or per, you were a participant in so many events, you know, national championships, Super Bowls, right. all the special events that the NFL has. What was it like transitioning to kind of the event management side and, and seeing these events from a, a different perspective? Well, I've got to be honest with you. I don't do much of the management. 
Todd and Valerie Roy, they, they handle it and, and they, they handle all kinds of events, you know, and, and it has been first class all the way. So I leave it to, to people that have that expertise. If, if we were doing football, it would be a different story. But uh, <laughs> yeah, these hospitality events, I leave it up to them and they've done a great job with it. Yeah. Well, even in football, you have to surround yourself with the right people, I would imagine. Oh, well, and, and then I will actually get up on the podium and pass out the rings and pass out some checks and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, give, you know, the big gifts, uh, you know, autographed footballs and, you know, of course, taking pictures with everybody. Uh, it's really a fun time. Yeah, I would imagine. So uh, you touched a little bit on some of your own fishing experience. So some details here. What's the biggest fish you've ever caught? Well, I actually have caught and released five blue marlin fishing alone. I fish alone a lot go out there and you're just when I wake up in the morning it may be before sunrise I'll start the engines and go on out and fish and I've actually fought uh, five blue marlin got them to the boat uh, and released them 250 300 pound marlin uh, and then obviously I've caught about every other fish you know sailfish tuna uh, mahi mahi uh, wahoos I love catching wahoo and so you know, a lot of different fish. I went down a fishing right outside of Cuba, a place called Quesal. And uh, one time I, I took two or three guys with me. We went down there about 60 miles. And uh, we caught seven or eight Wahoo, 60 to 70 pound Wahoo, which they're great fight and great eating. You mentioned your dad's uh, wooden boat uh, when you were growing up. I imagine whatever you have now is uh, slightly more substantial. Yeah, uh, actually... Uh, I've got a couple of CVs and you know, one outboard and one uh, inboard, you know, twin diesel, and, and they've done a great job for me. And then I've had contenders. One of our sponsors, the Contender, uh, and Yamaha, and then, and then I've got Garmin Electronics. They're one of our big sponsors. You know, great people. And so I've gone through a lot of different boats, so <laughs> all kinds of boats. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I change boats about like uh, Terry Bradshaw changes pants. <laughs> <laughs> I read it uh, at one point that, uh, I mean, one of the reasons you considered leaving the Cowboys was to be closer to fishing and, and closer to Florida. Well, I, I knew that I wanted, I'd already bought a, a place in the Florida Keys mm-hmm. my last year with the Cowboys. And I knew that's where I wanted to live. And we'd had a pretty good run. You know, we'd won back to back Super Bowls. Yeah, that's pretty good. And so I, I was, you know, I was ready to move on. And, and actually, I, I, I didn't think, you know, that I was going to uh, get back in at the coaching. You know, I had planned on retiring and, and I was going to stay retired. And then I had all kinds of offers. You know, in fact, uh, Jeffrey Lurie of uh, uh, the Eagles, he came down three or four times trying to get me to go to Philadelphia. And I said, you know, Jeff, you know, I, yeah, I want to be around the water. You know, and he says, hey, you know, it's a short flight you know, over there to the coast you know, from Philadelphia. And I said, oh, that water's a little bit too cold for me. <laughs> but I wasn't going to go back into coaching. And had it not been right here with the Dolphins, I probably would have stayed out of coaching. But I went back for four years, and we went to playoffs three straight years. Uh, but I knew that it was time for me to retire. You're listening to the Sports Travel Podcast. This episode is being sponsored by the Atlantic City Sports Commission, which is thrilled to welcome the Teams 21 Conference and Expo to the Atlantic City Convention Center September 27th through the 30th. 
The Atlantic City Convention Center is proud to feature nearly 100,000 square feet of modular, state-of-the-art sport court flooring for basketball, volleyball, or futsal courts. Atlantic City welcomes all events, not only with its large indoor facilities, but its wide-open outdoor space, including five miles of free beaches, its expansive boardwalk, and Baderfield, covering an area of 142 acres. When you bring your event to Atlantic City, you'll experience world-class accommodations, critically acclaimed dining, tax-free shopping, exciting entertainment, great sports, spectacular attractions, the world-famous boardwalk, and beautiful, pristine beaches. For more information, visit AtlanticCitySports.org. And now, back to the conversation. Well, let's talk a little football transition into that. The team uh, across the way in Florida obviously had a great run with uh, with Tom Brady. You've been around Hall of Fame quarterbacks quite a right. bit yourself. Uh, obviously, Tom is headed there. What what did you make of uh, of his accomplishment and, and that job he did going to a new team and winning it all? Tom did a, you know, a great job, but he went to a great team. Mm. You know, they were an extremely ta- talented football team, and, and I think that's one reason Tom chose you know Tampa. You look at Jason Light, who worked for me when I was with the Dolphins. He was one of my scouts. Uh, he's the general manager there with Tampa, and uh, he's done a great job of uh, putting together a talented football team. And uh, plus, Bruce Aarons, you know, did a nice job of coaching them. So. Tom picked his spot pretty well. He picked a spot where they had a lot of talent. And, you know, they had kind of run the course there in New England, and they were their talent level was way down. They had kind of you know, loaded up to get as much talent as they could to make their run. Uh, so they knew they were going to have a couple of down years. And so Tom kind of looked at the writing on the wall and said, hey, I better move on to a team that's got more talent. Right. Well, you know that as as well as anyone takes uh, takes a long time to build a team, but to to right. stay competitive at that level and and to win as often as you did with the Cowboys, and obviously as long as Tom did. Yeah. In New England. It, well, yeah. You know the thing about it, you know people ask me the difference in college and pro and and college football. If you're in one of those top ten or twelve schools, you've got so much better talent than everybody that you're playing because the rules are such, I mean, that it doesn't prevent, you know, the top teams from getting the top players. Alabama's going to get their pick of, you know, the top players in the country. That's the way it's been the last three or four years. In professional football, you know, the rules are such, parity is what you're going to see with the drafting, with the salary cap, on and on, and with the scheduling. And so, you know, the, the worst team in the NFL, if they have a good day, and they play the best team in the NFL, the best team in the NFL doesn't play their best, you know, they can beat them. Yeah. Well, that doesn't happen in college football. So it, there's a lot of difference there. Yeah, for sure. What do you make of the extra game? They're going to a 17-game season this year. I mean, you were a coach. Uh, what do you think about losing a preseason game? Is there is that a loss on the coaching side, or what do you think? Oh, I hate preseason. I, you know, I was all for not even having preseason. It was boring to me. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you you play your starters for one series and you take them out, you know. And so you really, it didn't hurt me losing preseason. Now, one more week in the regular season, that's one more week of work for me for Fox NFL Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I suppose I hadn't thought about that. So uh, you've added to your schedule a little bit. (laughs) So uh, I I live in Denver, Jimmy. Uh, What do you think? Is Aaron Rodgers going to be our quarterback here at the uh, start of the year? I don't think so. I, you know, of course, you know, only person that knows this is Aaron, you know, but uh, he seems, you know, pretty set on not going back to Green Bay. But when he gets right down, you know, to the wire, you know, I, I don't know that he's going to walk away from umpteen million dollars, you know, 30 or 40 million dollars 
plus add another year age-wise in his career, you know, because his days are running out. And Green Bay, I I don't think it's in their best interest uh, to do anything other than say, hey, either play for us or you're not going to play. And, you know, call his bluff on it. And, hey, maybe he'll sit out. Maybe he'll sit out two or three weeks. You know, but uh, I I don't think I don't think they're going to trade him. I don't think he's going to be free. I, I think he's going to be a Green Bay Packer. Yeah. And yeah. and really, it's crazy for them not to work the differences out. Yeah, I mean, really, it, it's in everybody's best interest. You know, for them to sit down and be grown men and say, okay, uh, how can we make this work? I imagine you don't miss being in the middle of uh, player disputes like that. You know, I I never had a whole lot of disputes. One time. You know, Michael Irvin held out for a little bit, which shocked me. Emmett uh, held out for two weeks, which didn't shock me because his agent was trying to get a lot of money. Um, and so I had a couple of holdouts looking for more money and more contract, but that was about the only conflicts I had. Yeah. And uh, we talked a little bit about college football. Obviously, you were very successful there, winning the championship with uh, Miami, winning as a player as well back in your in your playing days. Right. Uh, what do you make of the of the postseason? I mean, it's, it's so much different than it was now than when you were at Miami, especially uh, being an independent. But, um, you know, there's been, of course, uh, as there always been from the beginning, talk of expanding the, the playoffs as an event to include more teams. What do you think of that? Well, I haven't experienced, you know, both sides, you know, the bowl games with, with colleges and and then, of course, the playoffs with professional football. The more they can expand the playoffs in college, I think the better off they are. I mean, when you look at basketball, you look at, you know, March Madness, you know, you look at the tournament they have. So uh, I think, you know, the playoffs that they have in college, it's a good start. But I think expanding it would be even better. Do you think it would be tougher today at the at the college level to be a coach now that players can transfer so easily? I mean, it's a... It's also well, a different dynamic for them too. Yeah, the trans, transfer portal uh, has caused you know some problems for some of the teams, but um, you know really if you've got an outstanding team and you've got respect to your players and you treat them the right way, you know the successful individuals, the successful organizations, you know they run into fewer problems. And the ones that have some problems are the ones that are not being successful. That's true. Maybe it's why it's a bigger issue for me and my alma mater, which is Colorado, which uh, just this yeah, morning well, had their quarterback of, uh, enter the transfer portal. <laughs> well, back back when I was coaching, a lot of people wanted to go to Colorado. I don't, yeah. I don't know why. I think they thought it was a party school. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I had an enjoyable experience there as well. They did. They did have a great football team uh, when I was when I was there. And and uh, as you were saying, I mean, the the good teams in college football have uh, have just loaded up, and it's uh, yeah. it's been a difficult run for some of the other schools to catch up. And that's the way it's going to be unless they change some of the rules. I mean, it's, it's just tough for, you know, it's tough for a struggling school to go out and try to beat Alabama. You know, yeah. uh, they just don't have enough talent. And Nick Saban's a good friend and uh, he's a great coach, but I promise you uh, his wife could coach about nine or 10 of those games and get wins. <laughs> It would be fun to see, at least. Jimmy, I should have mentioned at the front end of this entire conversation, but congratulations on your induction into the Hall of Fame. That was an incredible experience for anyone who was watching television. We recently had uh, David Baker from the Pro Football Hall of Fame on the podcast. We were talking a bit about what was obviously an unusual year. Uh, for them last year. But let's talk for uh, a moment about uh, what that experience was like uh, on live television. You got the news, which is unlike uh, how it works for 
right. a lot of other inductees. Well, it was interesting because Dave Baker had given, uh, you know, told Bill Cower the day before on CBS that he's going to the Hall of Fame. So I thought that there was a, a good chance, you know, a lot of the uh, selection committee had called and said, hey, you know, I voted for you. You're going to get in. You're going to get in. Well, I thought if it was going to happen, it was going to happen on the pregame show. Uh, and we were doing a playoff game with Seattle and uh, Green Bay. Well, it didn't happen in the pregame show. So I'm thinking, well, I, evidently, you know, either I didn't get in this year or it's going to be a week or two later. And so the producer on the show said, Jimmy, I want you to talk about, you know, the Seattle defense versus the Green Bay uh, offense and what they did there on the goal line, the coverage they ran. And uh, we've got video for you. So mind you, we got 35 million people watching. And so my mind is working and I'm going, okay, uh, here's the coverage they're going. And I'm, I'm trying to script in my own mind what I was going to say about the coverage. And so we went to halftime and here I'm thinking about it. And here out walks Dave Baker. <laughs> well, you know, Dave's, he, he's about six, eight, you know, yeah, he's a big guy. he is a big <laughs> man now. <laughs> and I saw him and I just stopped breathing because I knew what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. And so he came up and then he said whatever he was going to say. And I started to talk and I couldn't talk because I was out of breath. I didn't yeah, breathe. It looked like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet, mean, you know, the first thing out of my mouth, though, was just thanking all the great players and assistant coaches that I had over the years. And I mean, you know, really, you know, I went into the College Football Hall of Fame, you know, and I had some great teams and great players, you know. Went in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame with Fox NFL Sunday. You know, of course, it's, you know, you know what kind of set we got there with sure. you know, Kurt Menefee, Terry Bradshaw, Michael Strahan, Howie Long. And, uh, and and you look, you know, Howie and Terry and I started 27 years ago with Fox NFL Sunday. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, but we went to the Broadcasting Hall of Fame and now the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I guess, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to be around some great people going into all three. Yeah, were you surprised that they were able to keep it a surprise on on set? I mean, was that something yeah, you think you would have? No one knew anything other than our producer. Uh, and then right before the show, Kurt Menefee, who's, you know, he kind of runs the traffic, they told him. But like Terry and Howie and all, Michael, none of those guys knew it. That's interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, we got a great group. You know, Jay Glazer, Tony Gonzalez, who's also in the Hall of Fame. Tony said he was more excited about me going in the Hall of Fame <laughs> Then when they told him he was going in. <laughs> yeah, it looked like it too from uh, from the way it played out. Bradshaw, Bradshaw just went nuts. He was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and he had a long background, right? You were involved with Terry from early on in your coaching. Yeah, career. I actually watched Terry play in high school at Woodlawn High School. That was my first coaching job at Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't personally recruiting him. E.J. Lewis was. But I went and watched him play and, and Louisiana Tech recruited him and signed him. So that was my first experience with him. And then, you know, we just became really close friends when we started doing Fox NFL Sunday. We watched college football all day Saturday together. Uh, we got three TVs set up. Uh, and a lot of times we'll, we will fly together, you know, out to L.A. You know, for the show. So we have become uh, really close friends. Yeah, what is that preparation like for you, Jimmy, uh, during the week? I mean, walk us through what happens before we see you <laughs> on Sunday. There won't be much. There won't be much walking because 
Uh, in fact, Strahan said something about this. You know, Strahan's the greatest, by the way. I mean, he he's really one yeah, of the he seems natural. And he is so natural on television. But he was talking the other night. We were in California for a seminar, seminar for Fox. And he said, you know, really, the first three or four weeks that I was on the set, it was pretty intimidating. He said, these guys have been doing it for 25 years or so. You know, and he said, it was intimidating for me to sit there because I didn't want to screw up. Uh, and so we've been doing it so long. Our rehearsal, it can be handled in 10 minutes. The producer says, okay, in this segment, we're going to talk Denver Broncos. Terry, you start it. Howie, you're next. Strahan, you're next. And Jimmy, you button it up. That's it. So we never know what each other's going to say. Everything we do is ad lib. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, if you happen to be following Bradshaw, you know, he's liable to tell a farm animal story or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, and you got to transition to football or something. So, I mean, you got to be you got to be pretty quick, you know, doing it ad lib. And probably one of the great things about the show is the screw ups. Yeah. You know, I'll mispronounce a word and Strahan will look at me and say, what? <laughs> is that that Texas drawl or what is that? <laughs> And and so we laugh at each other, but we're so close that uh, we have such a friendship that we can laugh at each other and bust each other's chops, and, and still nobody's offended. Yeah, well, I think it comes through as a as a viewer. Obviously, I mean, you guys are are so comfortable with each other, and sometimes even when you're watching, you wonder like, is it is it really that easy? I mean, are they really do they really yeah. have this kind of relationship? Yeah, we um, we really. We start laughing about, you know, six o'clock in the morning on Sunday out there in L.A. And we don't stop laughing until the day's over with. I mean, we really we sit there on the set. We we have, you know, we'll eat, you know, order food together and, you know, sit there and laugh and tell stories and, you know, do stuff during the commercials. And so I mean, it, we really have a good time. Yeah. So I, I guess I hadn't quite realized, but uh, I mean, you're commuting every week during football season from, yeah. from Florida to L.A. You know, last year, um, you know, because of, uh, you know, the uh, the COVID-19, yeah, I did not. I, I did the show from home. This year, I'm going to do a, a, about two thirds of the shows out in L.A. and then I do about a third right here at home. So mm-hmm. I'll take some breaks during the season. Um, right. But uh, like some of the single headers, you know, I, I'll actually do here from the house. Was that a difficult transition or uh, was it just fine oh, doing that from home? It's it's not easy you know, because it's so much easier to do it on the set um, because, you know, the interaction and that's what's, you know, bantering back and forth. Uh, when you're doing it, you know, on a monitor or a computer, I mean, it's, it's hard to interact, you know, like what, you know, we do on the set. So it's much better being from the, in the studio. Yeah. One other place I assume you're traveling to this summer will be to Canton. We talked about the Hall of Fame. Of course, your induction was actually last year. And right. they weren't able to have a ceremony and they'll be doubling up this year. Has that been tough to wait knowing that it's coming or does it make it the, that much more enjoyable well, knowing that the, you've got that to look forward to? You know, I, I told all my guys, I said, listen, I had my moment on Fox. When he told me I was going to the Hall of Fame and 35 million people watching, that was my moment. Uh, really, the induction into the Hall of Fame in Canton uh, here in August, that'll be for the, the people that I was associated with that helped me along the way. 
it'll be a busy time for me, but it's really for the other people more than it will be for me. But we, uh, we're going to have the induction like on Saturday night, and then the class of 2021 will be inducted in, on Sunday night. Right. Uh, I would imagine, I mean, well, I can't imagine because I haven't had a Hall of Fame career, but it's got to be incredibly rewarding for you, even with the other accolades you've received to uh, to get this particular one. Yeah, well, it, it's good in that, you know, so many, so many people have just kind of watched my career. You know, whether I'm being, you know, I've had high school teammates, uh, like you said, you know, we had an undefeated um, team as a player and won the national championship at Arkansas. So my college teammates. I coached at 13 different colleges. And so all the people that I coached with and coached, I, you know, what's interesting, I have drafted, recruited, or coached 14 pro football Hall of Famers. And I have worked with either coaching or broadcasting another 16 yeah. pro football Hall of Famers. So you, I guess you might say I know what a Hall of Famer is. <laughs> I, I would think so. That's actually a good transition to the to the last question that I'll that I'll ask of you, Jimmy. I mean, you've been around success your entire career from the beginning all the way through, including your broadcasting career. Are there any constants in there that you think have put you in a position at least to be as successful as you've been? Well, you know, people come down. I've, I've had you know R.C. Buford, you know, general manager of the San Antonio Spurs. I've had baseball people. Matt Rill came down a few weeks ago, Urban Meyer. Dean Spanos, the owner of the Charger team, the Los Angeles Chargers, he's been down three times. The McNairs have been down. Tom Benson's been down, owner of the Saints who's passed away now. Yeah. Well, I've had a lot of people come down to Keys, and they, they asked me about, you know, evaluating talent, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, you know, I don't care what somebody knows. Give me somebody that's smart, that's very passionate about their job, and will outwork their opponent. That's success. Give me those three things. A smart person that's passionate, that's a hard worker. Yeah, you'll have success. Excellent. Well, you have had plenty of success uh, in your career. It's well earned. It's exciting to see you not just in the football world, but now in the fishing world as well. And Jimmy, it's been a, a pleasure to get this time with you. I thank you very much for, for taking the time to talk with us and wish you the best of luck, whether you're out on the boat alone or whether you're uh, handing out rings to the winners of your tournaments. So. All, right. All right. I thank you. And we're going to have us a great time in Atlantic City for JJ Fish Week AC. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Jimmy. Appreciate it. You're welcome. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which features regularly updated breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports event industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at Sports Travel on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sports Travel Magazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Jason Gewertz for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.